0: Chapter and Verse, written September 24th, 1999. Some people can quote chapter and verse, yet don't understand the central themes. They believe in one way to get there, the right way. It is my way. How you arrive becomes more important than weather. For those who can quote chapter and verse, a phrase from Jeremiah can justify great hatred and violence never mind what Jesus said, that what is in your heart matters most. Paul's dictate that we pray without ceasing somehow means that our children must cease praying long enough to publicly pledge allegiance to a God who would call us hypocrites for publicly pledging allegiance. Experts on what the Lord forbids and what the Lord commands have neglected to study the staggering volume of what the Lord allows. Understanding the forgiveness professed by the crucified Christ comes not from looking at thou shalt not in his one hand or at you must in his other. Rather, such an understanding can be found in the expanse of his loving arms between the guidance of those pierced palms. Chapter and verse clearly state the rule of law about eyes, teeth, and lives. Yet, we are unable to construct slogans around God's verdict against Cain. Although God punished some of the sinful with leprosy, Jesus healed those who professed their faith. Now many of the faithful, in the name of the Lord, oppose finding a cure to heal the lepers in our society. After all, a plague may be God's way of punishing the sodomites. Of course, there are chapters and verses about forgiveness, too. We should forgive adultery, and consorting with prostitutes as long as the fornication was heterosexually oriented. We should forgive non-profit fundraisers who embezzle money donated from the slim savings of the fixed income faithful, as if getting rich off a non-profit venture is more acceptable than getting rich off a commercial enterprise. We should forgive those who take the Lord's name in vain by twisting His words into political slogans, provided those slogans do not include heaven forbid, profanity. While we are expected to forgive several select sins, somehow there are some we cannot. Those who would cite chapter and verse, it would seem, can forgive adultery, but not bearing false witness against a neighbor. They can forgive those who place the Lord of politics before God, but cannot accept that Jesus meant more than a single narrow avenue when he directed, "...through me." Is the reach of Christ's arm so limited that only the my way of those who quote chapter and verse leads to his kingdom? At times, they remember passages inexplicably omitted from the biblical canon, like the moment when the shepherd tells the lost sheep it is unwelcome in the flock unless it vows ne'er to stray again, like the third epistle to Corinth, where Paul warns that those who study the letters of Apollos or Peter are doomed to eternal damnation. Like the epilogue to St. John the Divine's Revelation, where Jesus grants that we will no longer need to turn the other cheek after 2,000 years when we must cast the first of several stones in response to pressing social issues. Once, adherence to these new scriptures would have been scorned as heretics. Now, those who cite non-existent chapters and verses take an inquisitional tone toward all critics of their conveniently composed dogma. What do we call those people who do not sift through Scripture seeking justifications? Are they not believers too, even without the bookmarks? It is a fair question, because often enough what these believers know collides with the teachings of those who would quote chapter and verse. These believers understand that we are commanded to love God and each other. That Jesus wants us to forgive infinitely. That heaven rejoices more for sinners who seek the Lord's help, even if they falter along the way, than for those who do not seem to struggle. That there is no such thing as a sin God cannot forgive. That Jesus set an example of seeking congregation with those sinners whom some modern churches self-righteously shun that God will judge us on how we treat the lowest members of our community, criminals, those who carry the plague, for example. In fact, Jesus said that what we do for the least is what we do for him. He is, we are told, the sick, the prisoner, the homeless. That the Lord is not interested in our public displays of affection, even from an endearing classroom full of children. He prefers a strong public example, an eager private confession as a fitting witness to faith. It's disturbing how often these truths come into conflict with the beliefs of those who would quote chapter and verse. The last thing God reveals to us in the canonical Bible is a warning not to petition or delete sections of the word, nor to add any new dogma. You will rarely hear anyone cite that chapter and verse. One possible explanation is that some believers struggle with the Lord's warning because they truly wish for more. Through all the chapters and verses they favor, they wish Jesus had said more, or anything for that matter, about modern matters burning in the hearts of the heretics. In some cases, Jesus simply said too much, making unfortunate uses of must and must not. The Lord did not leave enough room for hatred, intolerance, and violence. A lack of faith evident in modern times is often decried by those who wish to cite chapters and verses never written into scripture. Their evidence? No posted commandments in the courthouse, mangers at the mayor's office, Bible readings to begin the school day. Where is their faith? They are so certain that the providence of God will be denied if a nativity scene is placed across the street on private property rather than in front of city hall. Many of these evangelists warn that God's will cannot be done unless it is done their way. These fears of the faithless will not convert anyone. Believers with true faith know the righteousness of the Lord will reign on either side of the street. This true faith, an intuitive knowledge of God, is self-evident without slogans. Believers who know God do not need to cite select chapters and verses— and they do not wish for new verses that Jesus warned us to ignore. The true will of God is written between the lines. Music by Kevin MacLeod.